Hello and welcome to the Impact at Home podcast from us at Impact Wales. We're Finn and Jane and every week we'll be bringing you the very best professional learning to help you make an impact in your school. Good morning, Jane. Good morning, Finn. Here we are again. We are. We are back for another episode of our podcast. And uh, we've had, oh, what a week. It has been a, to quote, a bonkers week. And it's Friday this morning we're recording the podcast. Yeah. And it's just gone even more bonkers this morning. So we're a little bit late recording the podcast. We do usually try to do them first thing in the morning. Yeah, we're, now, we're fresh. We're now knocking on for lunchtime, I think. So because so much has happened today, yeah, um, which is really exciting. But I think it's just a sign of schools going back. Yeah. End of the school financial year as well, which is... Had lots of phone calls for lots of professional yes. learning this morning, haven't we? And we're both looking forward to having a haircut. Oh, you're telling me we're looking forward to having a haircut. <laughs> so looking forward to haircut i'm getting quite excited about it yes i am well i'm having mine cut tomorrow morning so yeah roll on tomorrow morning so today we're we're going we're going meta aren't we we are going a podcast about podcasts yeah i mean it's when you look back to where we were in january Mm. things have moved on and we say this all the time Mm. things have moved on yet again yeah and here we are off the back of our I, I was so excited about our podcast last week yeah um with Jared that um it's just got us thinking and talking a lot more mm. about what's going on at the moment and I know we're linking it very closely to curriculum for Wales but it's all slotting into place we've had lots of conversations this week with senior leadership teams mm. particularly on their journey for curriculum for Wales mm. and uh, working with us to help them reset themselves on a on the the path yeah. on the curriculum for Wales path which has been enlightening for us but really exciting yeah because this is the thing you know we are still very much in the middle of a global pandemic and we can't ignore the fact that it's had an impact it has had an impact not just on our lives you know whether we can go to the shops or to the pub or whatever but also on what we all want to do in the future and that that is so true for children and for schools and for learning because with the best will in the world, we know that not every school has had the opportunity to prepare for this new curriculum in the same timeline as they would have done if COVID hadn't been here. But for some schools, what they did before COVID hit, that's where they are right now. That, that preparation that happened um, leading up to March 2020, that's actually not what they need post-COVID you know we need a new uh, preparation it's been a theme that's come out with with lots of the the contact we've had with schools today uh, today but it feels like today doesn't it this week (laughs) but also about the way the vision where curriculum Wales was going a year ago Mm. and what school saw as important as their vision that has changed somewhat yeah I don't think that is specific to Wales either when we're talking about isn't it? you know okay so we've got a new curriculum coming here uh, so we're really thinking deeply about redesigning the curriculum but it's every school around the world the situation that they find themselves in now or even in six months time or a year's time when hopefully the Covid has receded even further it's not the same as where we were back in um, March of 2020 no. you know we, we need to have a different approach because Covid has had an impact and I think our approach to supporting schools for curriculum for Wales has moved on mm. in our thinking oh, yes. since this time last year I mean the, the last couple of conversations those last couple of schools we were in uh, back in the spring term last year yeah. 
and I look at what we were doing then and what we're doing now with schools, we have got a completely different slant. Yeah. Although the core elements are the same, yeah, there is a, a really big shift in our in our thinking. But that's got a lot to do with the fact I said to you this morning, my, my brain is full today. There's so much going on, but there's so much there's so many webinars to sit in on and there's yeah. so many podcasts to listen to on on different things i think we've had to, had to be a little bit more choosy now and focus in on the ones that we really want to listen to otherwise you just end up with yeah a whole raft of things but that you can't make sense i think of. in amongst that focus what's been really interesting certainly for me and i know for you as well is that because there is so much more out there we are not listening to only the things that we agree with. Yeah. We are listening to the full range. And that, that kind of brings us back to the, the, what we actually want to talk about today is that we have listened to a large number of podcasts. Um, I go for a regular run on a Saturday and I always listen to a podcast on a Saturday and I'm out there maybe sometimes for over two hours. Hours, obviously. Yes, yes. Yeah, no. It's over two no. hours. But one of the reasons I like listening to podcasts when I'm running is that if it's not something that I would actually go oh I really want to listen to this because I'm really interested in it because I'm out running it's actually much much harder to turn it off <laughs> so I find myself listening to things that I might not normally listen to and actually that's been a real get an angrier running faster well yeah, yeah I did I was listening although I was listening to something uh, a podcast by a leading academic actually it wasn't a podcast it was a book on audible uh, a leading academic in my car this morning driving down the motorway and I was shouting at my uh, my podcast player uh, or my book player my audible as I was driving down the motorway because when the the word simplexity was mentioned I said well what does that mean simplexity what does it mean and I think you know a lot of the podcasts that we've listened to um, have had guests on them and uh, quite a number of them have been academics and I think what comes across especially talking to Jared Cooney Horvath from last week, who is also an academic. Um, it was in real contrast with Jared's discussion with us that there are an awful lot of academics out there who haven't, like Jared had the, um, that, like Jared has had, they haven't had the experience in the classroom. They don't know what it's like to be faced with thirty year nines on a Friday afternoon it's, in December. It's translating. It is, it is absolutely. And this particular book that I was listening to this morning, that we know that there are courses um, being run by this person in, in Wales on uh, school improvement. And it's got 14 parameters. And, and, you know, some people will know who I'm talking about by that, but it's just, it really does come across that, you know, translating um, school improvement from an academic research-based area into the classroom. That's yeah, a, a skill in itself, it is, isn't yeah, it? it? And is. there are an awful lot of discussions going around at the moment um, in the research academic world that, that sometimes don't quite ring true in the classroom because, you know, it's, it's like having a clinical trial that in a Petri dish, a, a medicine might work really well in a Petri dish. You put it into the human body and because of the complexity of the human body, it doesn't work how you expect it to work. And therefore, you know, the research is, yeah. is not valid in that that situation. So it's it's been really interesting to listen to all these podcasts. But there was a there was another one that I wanted to kind of talk about um, that I listened to. Um, and I can't remember, actually, the the head teacher's name. So he was a head teacher. Um, he was leading a school 
that was up in London. Yeah, and I, yeah. I can't remember. I think it was on the Rethinking Education podcast, which actually is really interesting um, to see lots of different points of view. And there was an awful lot that I agreed with with this head teacher who was talking about um, the value of um, deep learning and making sure that um, you brought your staff along with you, that they 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 were as um, what's the word when we're talking about school improvement? They was they were as invested in the process of um, renewing their own understanding and developing the understanding collectively. And I thought that was really good. But the thing that stood out for me was that he was talking about knowledge versus inquiry. And he that's, was... That's our favourite conversation, that one, isn't it? It knowledge is. Versus knowledge versus inquiry. Which comes first or whether you should do it. And he, he, was, he was more on the inquiry camp and talking about discovering new learning and uh, you know researching the, the learners researching but and it was really interesting and obviously it had some value but when he talked about knowledge he talked about knowledge in terms of box ticking and rote learning and regurgitating facts and actually that was a really reductive way to describe what the knowledge what knowledge is and how knowledge can be taught on how knowledge is part of a um, you know a deeper learning process yeah. and I just felt that there is out there an awful lot at the moment a lot of these podcasts where people are uh, espousing one view or another and in order to get their point across they're describing the other side of things as in a very reductive way mm. that makes it feel like it has no value, value at all yeah, it's not right mm. yeah and I think that, that you know well I think it's really problematic yeah. I think over the last six months certainly we've you know if if the if we'd put the microphone on in the number of times we've had discussions around yeah. this topic in the office i think you know it would it'd be a podcast worth a couple of days but <laughs> but we've also gone to and fro yeah. and, and really dug deep with this one and, and had these conversations to think well you know where does it sit and mm. it's only over the last six months that we've really got to the point where we are looking at all sides or yeah. both sides of the of the argument and mm. we are sitting very much in the, middle. in the middle in between the two and I know this was something that that we alluded to last week it's about everything works somewhere yeah and at some point yeah. but it's teachers having the understanding and all of us as professionals having the understanding of what works when yeah and when you think particularly about the knowledge versus inquiry discussion and there is you know Twitter is a place where this happens an awful lot and the discussion of, you know, which is better, are skills better than knowledge, is inquiry better than knowledge? And actually, it's about the right type of uh, process, learning process, happening at the right time in the learning trajectory. Mm. And there are some very, very loud voices on social media. And there's some very, very loud voices in education more generally. And they are not always representative of the um well the teaching profession yeah mm. they're not always representative of what's actually going on in the classroom or what people are actually doing and i think that i'm quite proud of the fact that we can say that we've changed our minds on things i think we've deepened our understanding we've deepened our thinking we've so we've, we've, we have recon exactly what i was going to say we had this knowledge in our head we've now connected it in completely in a completely different way yeah that makes sense and maybe six months along the you know along the road we might 
rethink that again. We don't, well, we don't know. And that in itself is actually a really good example of how um, the learning process works and how we couldn't have changed our mind or added to our understanding of uh, where inquiry is relevant and appropriate without having the knowledge of what inquiry learning mm. is, what project-based learning is, what discovery learning is, what knowledge-based learning is, what the learning process is, how the memory works. So we had to have all of that knowledge first and understand the elements of that knowledge before we could start to think about making connections with that knowledge and inquiring into and doing a bit of research in areas that maybe not might not be directly linked with the original mm. understanding that we had in order to reconceptualize and that's what that kind of second stage that deeper learning actually represents because we, we, we we've started another little rabbit hole of with, with us this morning yeah. we, we started talking about pupil voice oh yes that sort of followed on from our inquiry learning some of the conversations that we've had mm. in school this week you know we've had a number of schools come back to us saying well they've gone fully down the pupil voice route mm. where pupils were deciding on what topics they were going to choose and they suddenly realized that they'd gone too far mm. and we were having this conversation about you know where did this cons when when did pupil voice really become as, it, as big as it was because I go back you know 10 years teaching yeah. 10 years ago yeah and, and I know I'm secondary and it wasn't really a big thing no. at that point as far as deciding what they were learning so we did a little bit so of we research did a little bit, a little bit of, and I think it's one of those things that we've got to yeah certainly dig a little bit deeper yes and it was it was down to um article 12 of the um, united nations uh, rights of the child um charter the right of children to express an opinion and to be included in decisions that involve and affect this affect them and i think the word included has yeah. come to mean yeah. so much more than possibly it should mean yeah Included in a decision doesn't actually mean making that decision. No, or I mean, if you think about pupil voice and how how it appears in schools these days, because I think we need to um, find a balance between yeah. um, children being included and children leading. Well, it's finding the middle ground again. Isn't it, it is. We are. We're, we're full on centrists. We like to today. be on the fence in the middle. <laughs> not <laughs> no, on the fence. fence. Not on the fence. You know, balancing that tightrope between you know the what's on one yeah. side and what's on the other side, and sometimes leaping towards either it side is, or the yeah. other, but making sure it's the right thing at the right time. Because if we're thinking about um, how pupil voice appears in schools, you know, we we have got anecdotal evidence of um, pupil panels for teacher interviews yeah uh, we've got choosing topics for what they're going to learn next we have got pupil governors mm. you know there are there are lots of examples of pupils being included but also I think some of those things the pupils are being encouraged to actually have equity with adults in terms or maybe even overtaking adults in terms of who is making the decision and that I know we were talking to a school one day uh, this week who were talking about the topics that pupils were yeah. asking to do and that they asked to do unicorns. And I think that's where they went, ah, uh, right. Yeah, I think we got a bit too far here. <laughs> yeah, no, because, you know, should children or 
is it appropriate or is it something that we would want that we would want children to be deciding what they learn next well, it, go, it goes back to this whole idea within Curriculum for Wales, isn't it, about the knowledge actually isn't as prescriptive in, mm. in the curriculum framework as it, as it was in the national curriculum. Yeah. But as a school, as a teacher, as an expert, yeah. I think the decision sits with you. Yeah. Because you know. Yeah. Or you should be as well, You're the one who's done school. the degree. Yeah. You, you know what knowledge is important. Our pupils don't know what knowledge is important. You don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. And the, you know, it almost, it negates the uh, expertise of the professional, the expert, if they can't guide the pupil and say, actually, I think that understanding uh, human condition and relationships and doing a bit of Shakespeare yeah. or knowing how dem democracy works will help you become more confident as an adult than learning about dinosaurs or learning about yeah. unicorns or well we were we were talking this morning as well over our coffee as we normally do yeah about as a parent with a toddler <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i can remember the times when you know mine would have a little temper tantrum yeah because they didn't get their own way yeah but i wouldn't let them have their way because it wasn't right for them even yes. though i know that's what they wanted or yes. they wanted to read that you know or do something some particular activity and it wasn't the time not the to get stage. into the car seat to lock them oh, in so that yes, the yes. elbow the swift elbow in the stomach to yeah. order bend that rigid yeah. toddler yeah. in two oh, in order yeah. to get and, and this is this is i mean it's a really extreme example of when adults know better than children what's what's right for them yeah. to give them the best chances in life but this is what we're talking about absolutely children should be included in the decisions but it should be the experts in the schools making the decision, the final yeah. decision and, and deciding yeah. the value of everything that yeah. they've been there's, told. There's a fine line, isn't there, between listening and valuing and valuing and valuing what a child yeah. is saying about their learning. And you know, and I think the context of you know pupils being involved and having some saying assessment for learning, that's yeah. that's a different aspect of it. Yeah. But I think it's sort of morphed now into this pupils deciding what they're going to learn. Yeah. And it's not about the learning. It's pupil-centred. Yeah, it's pupil-centred, not pupil-led. Pupil because, you know, and this is another example of this knowledge versus inquiry question, mm. because you've got a learner in, you know, foundation phase who wants to learn about dinosaurs, and it's they don't have the knowledge of the things that they might also really, really enjoy, because they're still at that stage where, you know, I just want to explore the thing that I really love and I feel mm. comfortable with and I'm interested in. And that's part of raising children's aspirations and encouraging them to take risks and step outside is giving them the understanding and the knowledge to know that um, they have a perception that they're, they're, the risk that they might be about to take is something that they are actually able to manage. There were some, nice, some nice examples over the last couple of years that schools have taken this to, to not pupils directing what curriculum was going to be but they were doing i think it was called was it golden hours or oh yes what, genius genius hour. hours yeah. that was it and i thought that is such a nice way yeah for pupils to explore what they want to explore yeah in a very nice safe environment but then they can explain and, and, and share that and this is the thing if you think about um I, i'm thinking back to my english teaching so if you're talking about writing a narrative you're talking about looking at um how to improve writing you need to start with all of the different ways, the rules. You need to learn the rules like a pro. 
So you're getting those, you know, those craft, those, those basic skills, like a carpenter in a shop, understanding a dev joint and knowing how it works so that you can then start to go off on, uh, off on your own trajectory, your own creative, creative journey to make connections that other people haven't made and to start to bend the rules like Yee Cummings and his total lack of punctuation. You know, it's, it's, you're not going to be able to develop as a, a creative expert unless you have a really strong grounding in where you go uh, in the knowledge that you need. And I think there was a really interesting discussion on Twitter over this last week. And I can't remember, again, I can't remember any of the names. That's really, really not great. But the um, somebody was talking about um, if you didn't have knowledge, you couldn't appreciate art. Mm. And I think that's quite different to you need knowledge to appreciate. I don't think you do really. I think you can appreciate and you can you can recognize the beauty in things without having to have a detailed understanding of you know yeah. fine art history or anything like that. But that's a different proposition to needing the knowledge to be able to be an artist. Yes. You know, we can be creative, we can put loose parts together and you know say this is this is a this looks like a bug and this bug can do this. Fantastic. That's exploring. But exploring is limited without the techniques, the knowledge to underpin them. Sorry, I've just gone off. No, I'm, I'm just looking at you thinking, where's she going with this one? That's not something we discussed this morning. No, but no, no it's, it's completely right, isn't it? And I was just thinking, I just always go back to my husband and the flat pack from Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> that I always laugh at him because he always has to put flat pack up without reading the instructions. Right. So he's very creative in how he puts things together. <laughs> But they're not always as stable as they need to be, and I think if you, you know, he need, you need to have that that underpinning, the knowledge, the, yeah. the the key things, the instructions to get you to where you want, and then you can be creative because you know, oh, this is the bit that really needs to be solid. But I can, yeah, yeah, you can just have a yeah. few pieces missing up there. Yeah, absolutely. So there, there's been so much going on this week, and I know that hence our ramblings. This yes, yeah. we've been. Oh, yes, yeah. we had some very interesting phone calls and um, bookings, but the where where we go next right now is so important in terms of how we support learners and how we make a difference to children and where they what what the success they may have before schools go too far down the road Mm. of developing their curriculum yeah and we you know you don't want to be spending time going down that road and then have to backtrack because things aren't working and then things aren't as you want them to be yeah and I know there's been a lot of discussion about post-covid that you know we need a catch-up curriculum I think we should absolutely ban the word catch-up that that we need a response to the impact of covid and we need future readiness for the children who have been through covid and so many children have but we're, we're in a situation where we've got complex ideas that actually are going to take time to really develop and they're not easy solutions and they're hard um, but we've also got these really simple simple ways of doing it that you know we just need a few more teachers and we just need a summer school or maybe an extra couple yeah. of uh, you know a slight change to the term dates and it's not it's not easy we need to be making hard decisions right now we need to be making decisions that are going to have really good impact and we keep on coming back to this. I know that um, when we talk about 
um, developing teaching and learning and developing standards. It's, it's keeping on coming back to the, the idea that the quality of the experience that children have is almost in, well, is, is largely down to the quality of the teaching and learning that yeah. they experience. And that comes from the professional learning, the knowledge, the understanding, the practice, uh, of the teacher themselves so well that, that's why we've 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 talked about all the, the th- could we be following the political political parties yeah coming up now to to the election over the next you know i don't know six weeks is it six eight weeks yes time don't time, ask me about time time and names i can't um, do it at the moment and you know there's lots of ideas coming out from you know we've again we've listened to lots of webinars and podcasts with some of the the, the different political parties about where, what they want to do and this whole idea of catch-up agenda and there seems to be this oh would we just create a greater greater a bigger workforce mm. and it's not so much about you know let's let's get more people to do it well great but it's actually what are we going to do yes not how we're going to do it let's yes. think about what what experiences are those people's going to have you can have an army of yeah. thousands but if you're not thinking about what you're doing with them yeah well we saw didn't we um a strategy uh today that was just a collection of resources and that's not a strategy it can't just be a collection of more people a strategy has to be something with a clear vision a precise decision on what is actually going to happen and then steps by which that would happen and i think we've never needed more really strong leadership really strong system leadership in 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 the uk but certainly in wales to make sure that um, we are highly effective over the next decade very very efficient and we we stop listening only to the really loud voices and we start thinking deeply about what needs to be done what what is really important and what can the current system cope with because it's no good saying well we'll we'll do all of these things we'll change the school year and we'll we'll make sure that teachers you know um, understand the purpose of every single assessment that they do if that's just simply not possible you know we have to work in reality as well so I think it's going to be a very interesting time for education over the coming decade but certainly in Wales over the next few weeks it's going to be very very interesting isn't it it is and and I'm you know lots of talk again in the news about the third wave yeah and where this is going with the vaccinations and and, and everything we still don't know what the, what what Let's things are going to look no 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 but you know we'd be positive today uh, yeah that, i've been know, trying to ignore we that we are in a different place because yeah. something popped up on my timeline on facebook this morning and it was something that we posted because I think we were just about to tip into lockdown. All right. And, I, and, I, and it was, oh, this from a year it was, ago, it was it? the very th- first thing that we shared about tips for parents, I think. Right. Okay. Right at the beginning. And that popped up on my Facebook feed today. And I thought, God, that's t- how much we've moved on. Yes. We've had since... probably five years of learning in, in 12 <laughs> yeah. months. I think that's we? why we're, we're exhausted. We're exhausted. Everybody is. Everybody, particularly working in schools at the moment. And I know it's, it's, you know i i sent my son off to school i wouldn't quite say skipping to school this week but you know plodding plodding in in his new shoes because his old ones didn't fit him anymore like many of the parents but i think if we're tired i think schools teachers in schools must be exhausted and just when you've got to g up yeah because it it was like the start of term again school year this year this week i know i know and And there's a week left 
yeah so we need we need some real leadership some very clear a clear vision with some clear practical strategies for how that vision is actually going to come to reality based on what what research tells us are the best bets for preparing for a future that is now very very different and we've got coming up over the next um well we'll just say 7th of april this is the last podcast that we're going to do this term that's right but we are going to record some but we've got very exciting we've got um the um political parties of wales are coming up to talk to us about the future of education i never thought i'd say a political party uh, podcast with us i know exciting i know but it is um so that's going to be very interesting asking our leaders of the future how they see education of the future working in wales so uh, So we we want to explore a little bit about their views on yeah curriculum for wales and also covid19 you know recovery or not using the word recovery but post- future future yes yeah the future after yeah. covid19 so if you've got any burning questions yeah i'm sure we're going to be tweeting about this before we do it but you know get in contact with us yes. either on twitter or inquiries.impactwells at impact.wales coming <laughs> i can't even speak now <laughs> yeah i know and I'm, and I'm sure we'll 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 try and explore some of those ideas I and mean, we've got lots of things we want to think but we are just going to focus on education we are and we're only going to focus on two kind of two yeah. big elements of education so, so those will be our special specials yeah. going out in um i don't know post 7th of april at yeah. some point yeah. and then we'll we'll uh see how where we go from there right so we're off for our curry half and half so we will yeah. uh friday yeah. friday ritual so we will yeah. see you again next time and have a restful and chocolate filled easter <laughs> indeed bye now take care Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss future episodes. You can find us online at www.impact.wales. You can also follow us on social media. On Twitter, we're at Impact Wales. On Facebook and Instagram, search for Impact Wales. And on LinkedIn, search for Impact School Improvement.